Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Schulich Pediatric Interest Group podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Megan. And today we are joined by Dr. Elise Graham. Dr. Graham, would you like to introduce yourself and your specialty? Uh, Sure. So I'm uh, Elise Graham. I'm a pediatric otolaryngologist, head and neck surgeon. Um, So I take care of all ear, nose and throat problems in children, both medical and surgical. So why did you choose pediatrics and why pediatric otolaryngology specifically? So I knew from a fairly early stage in my medical school career that I wanted to be involved in pediatrics, but I wasn't sure um, from what avenue. I've always loved taking care of children, and I actually love taking care of parents as well. Some people find that to be a challenge that they don't enjoy in pediatrics, but uh, I always found that I could relate with um, the experience of parents even before being a parent myself, so that's not something that I minded. Um, I went through a lot of different um, specialties in my training, um, thinking that I wanted to do all of them. And uh, I came to ENT pretty organically, actually. Um, I did it as a first year elective in, uh, where I trained at Dow. We had a longitudinal elective and I chose uh, ENT. I think at that time I decided that I wanted to do OBSGYNI. And so I thought I would do something totally unrelated to get exposure to it. And I really loved it. And then, you know, went on to do a few more different specialties. And then when I came back to ENT and clerkship, it just felt like the right fit. Um, and then um, I knew right from the get-go or, or I felt right from the get-go that I would find my niche within peds in otolaryngology. Right. So it kind of um, wasn't really what you expected when you went into medical school. That's right. Yes. I went into medical school thinking I would deliver babies. That was what I thought I would do. Um, But I think a lot of that is because I love babies and not so much that I love delivering them. So that's still the favorite, my favorite part of pediatric otolaryngology is caring for infants, especially complex, medically complex and fragile infants. Um, And so that's, that's sort of how I found my niche. Right. Um, would you mind sharing with us a bit about your educational path to entering pediatric otolaryngology, kind of starting with um, your undergraduate degree? Sure. So I uh, set myself up for my career as an obstetrician gynecologist by doing a degree in developmental biology. Oh, um, so actually, that is it was very handy for um, for ENT and for pediatrics as well. Any any uh, pediatric specialty having a especially a surgical pediatric specialty having a knowledge of development sort of helps you to uh, be able to manage conditions that are congenital, uh, congenital anomalies. Um, So that actually ended up being helpful anyway. Um, So I did that degree at the University of Toronto. I'm from um, Halifax and went to Dartmouth and went to Toronto to do that first degree. And then um, I did my medical school at uh, Dalhousie University. And I did my residency in otolaryngology there as well. And then I did my pediatric otolaryngology fellowship in uh, Utah at the University of Utah, Salt Lake City. Um, And that's actually an excellent place to um, learn to take care of children Uh, for a couple of different reasons. There's um, only one um, tertiary pediatric hospital for multiple states in that area. So it has a huge catchment area and uh, people in Utah have a lot of kids. So there's, you know, really big families uh, to take care of um, and they don't go elsewhere for their care. They stay right in Utah. So it was excellent. And what's the process? So when you do residency, is it kind of like a second match to go into pediatric um, otolaryngology specifically or like a fellowship? It is. It's a it's a match program to be matched to a pediatric otolaryngology fellowship. So um, 
you sort of think when you're in medical school that once you decide what you're going to be, well, first you start with doctor and then you think, okay, I'm going to be an ENT. And then there's still, you know, lots of different paths that you can take. Um, and there's multiple different fellowship options from otolaryngology with PEDS just being one. Some of them are through matches and some aren't. PEDS, um, PEDS was. Interesting. So what does a typical day look like for you? So I, my days vary a lot. My weeks are pretty similar um, to each other. So um, I am in the clinic um, for essentially two full days a week um, in person. And then I do a virtual half day as well. Um, I spend a day of the week doing academic time as well. So my, this is the time that you're catching me today. Um, research is important to me. Um, and then I have a full day in the OR as well per week. So um, a typical um, Thursday is my OR day. Um, so that's an earlier day. You know, I, I might uh, have a few tonsil cases to do. I might have, um, you know, in the pre-COVID times, I've had, I'd have quite a few tubes. You know, I could repair an eardrum. I could uh, do an airway evaluation uh, you know, or some other airway surgery, you know, could have a congenital neck mass that we need to take out or something infectious. Um, if it's a week that I'm on call, it's a little bit more um, varied in terms of my schedule. You know, it might uh, interrupt my day to, and not in a bad way, to evaluate a sick baby in the NICU or uh, take a neck abscess to the OR to drain, that kind of thing. Um, so it, it's great because I, I do have a lot of uh, variation from the day to day, although my weekly schedule stays pretty similar, which makes it easier to plan my life outside of medicine. Do you participate in rounds at all? I do. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of different opportunities. I always participate in our, um, in our grand rounds for otolaryngology, which is um, seven in the morning on Wednesdays. Um, there are also, um, department of pediatrics rounds that sometimes I'll participate in. It just depends on, on my schedule and I'm cross appointed to the pediatrics department. So that's another place, uh, an opportunity. Um, but yeah, every week we have grand rounds at least on Wednesday mornings. Um, what type of settings are you usually working in, like hospital or clinic? So I work, uh, all of my work is hospital-based. And again, being an ENT, it's, it's surprising how different uh, your practice can be depending on the decisions you make about your life. Um, but yeah, personally, I work all in the hospital. So I might round on some inpatients in the hospital. My clinic is hospital-based. Uh, the OR is in the hospital. It's all hospital for me. And so how do you find the work-life balance of being a pediatric otolaryngologist? Uh, again, in even in surgical specialties, um, the decisions that you make um, can uh, influence what your work-life balance is like. It's uh, never perfect. And um, there are certainly weeks where I feel like I'm a better um, parent than otolaryngologist and the opposite, you know, never at the expense of patient care, but there are times when I'm less available to do um, the other responsibilities uh, other than my clinical responsibilities. And there are times when I have to rely on um, others to help me with my childcare responsibilities, for example. I think that the way that I've built my practice allows me to be a, a present parent and spouse. And that was important to me. Um, so I, um, I don't start my clinic until nine so that ideally I can get my son on the bus, for example. And, uh, I can't pick him up from the bus because it's too early, but, uh, I try not to stay 
too late so that I can see him, you know, or I've got two sons, but anyway, so I can see them before uh, dinner and bedtime. And there are times when I don't have as much control, but that's, that's really important to me. So um, I do try and make that a priority. Um, You know, certain times of your life are also inherently less balanced. For example, residency, I had a lot less control about that. And that's something um, to consider, but it's also important to note that um, residency is temporary. um, So you shouldn't make your entire decision based on how difficult you, how difficult residency will be. Um, though if that deters you, then maybe that's not that you, you want to love what you're doing. If that deters you, maybe it's not the right specialty kind of thing. Right. Yeah. What are the, some of the things that you like about your career? Um, I love caring for babies and families. Um, I love caring for kids of all ages and, you know, and I never know what a child is going to say to me or what they're going to report or if they're going to embarrass their parents with what they say. It's, it's a lot of fun learning what, uh, you know, um, seeing the world from a, a kid's lens. I love all the surgeries that I do. Um, I'm excited about, you know, um, being able to help uh, a baby who can't breathe um, or be able to help someone who, you know, is having difficulty hearing from something as simple as fluid behind their ears. So um, I think it's a, it's been a really great career choice for me because I like all sides of it. Um, I also like in ENT, which is different than many other surgical specialties. We are the one-stop shop where the medical professionals, we know everything about the you know, medical care of the head and neck, as well as the surgical care. So we don't, you know, diagnose and send off. Um, we don't just receive someone that's had a diagnosis and manage it. We do everything from start to finish. I think pediatric ENT is a really excellent specialty. And when you're working a lot with babies, do you find it challenging to do the diagnosis piece in that, like, they can't really tell you what's wrong and things like that? Um, so a lot of what I do has to do with, you know, is, is anatomy. So um, I can look and see, they may not be able to tell me, you know, you can, you can tell if they're in pain or something like that, but I can, I can look at them and see what the sound that they're making is, you know, if I'm thinking about a pediatric airway, the sound that a baby is making tells me a lot about what might be going on. And then I can, I know how I need to evaluate them, whether awake or asleep to see what the problem is. Um, I think that that is something that uh, people should determine early is whether they feel that they have a more medical or surgical lean. Um, and I definitely have a more surgical lean because I, I want to you know be able to see and fix the, the problem. Um, so yes, it can be a bit of a challenge in that they can't say it hurts right here, but, uh, you know, a lot of my training is to recognize the signs and symptoms, um, and, you know, put that together with the anatomy to give me the answer. Right. That's interesting. And so what are some of the challenges of your career? So, you know, it is, it is, uh, tough to care for a complex sick babies at times. Um, so that is, that's certainly a challenge. And I think that's a challenge for anyone who chooses pediatrics. There's something about, um, you know, young children who are, um, suffering that is, is hard and sits with you, but, uh, you have to know that you're doing your best to make them better. So that, that can be a challenge. Um, you know, I, again, I've mentioned that I'm a parent as well. Um, and sometimes my kids don't want me to go in in the middle of the night, um, to, you know, to help someone, but I'm the, the option to do so. So that can, you know, balancing that can be a challenge and you need to have a supportive, um, family if that's, um, if having a family is important to you. Um, 
Yeah, I think those are the main things. I, you know, there there are inherent challenges in every procedure that you do, um, but that's part of what makes it interesting. So it's it's, it's some of the surgeries that I do are challenging, but uh, that's kind of what makes it makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Did you find that there was a steep learning curve in learning all like the hands-on procedural skills while in um, residency? I guess did you learn most of the those in residency? Um, I think, again, uh, knowing yourself as a person and whether you're someone who is a hands-on technical type of person, and if that's in your um, desire and in your skill set, I think that comes early. So, um, and maybe it's different in COVID times, but uh, you know, I, I tried to spend time in the operating room as soon as I could, and you get practice at suturing. And I think that some people um, enjoy the feeling of doing things with their hands um, and have some uh, technical proficiency and then others perhaps don't. So I knew um, right away that that was something that I wanted to do. And you learn more and more and you get graduated responsibility throughout residency, it's five years. Um, So it's not, you know, it's not steep because you get graduated responsibility over time. Great. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we wrap up? Um, I, I will share that I have a professional Instagram account that you can follow for, some educational content. Um, it has some work-life balance type content as well. Um, so if you're interested, it's at Elise GMD, E-L-I-S-E-G-M-D. Um, and I try to update it as much as I can in the context of being a busy otolaryngologist and mom. Amazing. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for joining us today. We learned a lot about pediatric otolaryngology and we really appreciate your time, Dr. Graham. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And thank you everyone for listening and please stay tuned for more episodes on different pediatric specialties. Hi everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We really appreciate it. We would like to thank our loyal listeners by doing a giveaway for the holiday season. To enter to win one of three Starbucks gift cards, please follow our Instagram page at IG and DM us a pediatric subspecialty you would like to learn about in a future podcast episode. Winners will be contacted via Instagram on December 13th. Happy holidays!